Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It has been four years since Canada fully legalized cannabis sale and consumption, and we are still analyzing all of the different ways that this has had an impact. One of the ways that we analyze that is by taking a look at what's happening on our roads. Now, the Traffic Injury Research Foundation has just released a report on recreational cannabis consumption spaces in Canada and how that is impacting our driving. So joining us now to talk more about those results is Robin Robertson, President and CEO of the Traffic Injury Research Foundation. Robin, thanks for being here. Good morning, Simi. Happy to be here. Now, first of all, what did you examine here? Um, so our organization, which is a, a registered uh, charity and research institute, has studied uh, behavior on the road for a long time. So impaired driving as one of the biggest contributors to crashes is uh, certainly a key topic of interest for us. So we've been looking at trends in alcohol and drug impaired driving and particularly the legalization of cannabis and how that's affected uh, road safety in Canada for the for the past number of years. So Generally, what we're seeing is a, is a concerning upward trend when we're looking at fatal crashes, uh, drivers testing positive for alcohol or drugs in fatal crashes, as well as self-reported um, uh, driving within two hours of consuming alcohol and cannabis. We're seeing increases in both those indicators, and, and that's concerning. Okay, so tell me about the stats then. What exactly? So you said people self-reported some of this information. What were you asking them? So there's two uh, sources of information that we have. One, we collect data from medical examiners and coroners across the country to uh, look at the presence of alcohol and drugs in drivers killed in road crashes. Um, And what we're seeing there is is since 2018, we're seeing an increase in the uh, percent of drivers who are testing positive, um, certainly for cannabis um, and and that that upward trend was happening before uh, legalization, but it's it's gone up since. So in 2018, uh, at the at the time of legalization, we saw about uh, 24% of drivers tested positive for for cannabis, um, and it's gone up to about 28% uh, of drivers killed in road crashes testing positive for cannabis. So that seems like small percentages, um, but it, but it's a large number of drivers. So, what do you think that tells us then about like are we not taking this seriously enough? Uh, well, I think there's a couple of issues. I think um, the perceptions around alcohol and and cannabis are different. Um, I think there's a, a mistaken perception that uh, cannabis is safer uh, than alcohol in terms of being the the lesser of two evils. Um, and the perception that cannabis is safe is is not necessarily correct one. I think what Canadians do need to know is that alcohol and cannabis impair different types of skills. So there's there's some overlap in, in that they impair the same way, but there's also some differences, and it's really important that they understand how those differences compare, particularly when they're combining. We're also seeing an increase in people combining cannabis and alcohol, and that's also concerning. So when we say, you know, don't drive impaired, is it that people are just thinking, oh, impaired, that's alcohol? 
Yep, that's that's part of it. And I think uh, people underestimate their impairment. We've, we have a number of research studies that have been done uh, over the decades, which really demonstrate people aren't good at estimating, certainly with alcohol, they're not good at estimating how impaired they are. And alcohol uh, encourages, well, it inhibits inhibits some of your, uh, uh, your um, senses. So you're more inclined to take risks when you drink. So there's People aren't good at gauging how impaired they are when they're drinking. And then for cannabis, uh, they feel more relaxed um, and and they tend not to be aware of uh, some of the, the more subtle changes w- with respect to impairment. So things like uh, your situational awareness uh, is reduced, your reaction times are reduced. Um, you know, there can be paranoia or disorientation. There can be memory issues. So all of those things can negatively impact your driving. And people just just may not be as attuned to them um, and, and tend to feel that they're okay to drive and, and drive after they've been consuming. So then what do we need to do here? Do we need to retool the way we present these messages to the public then, Robin? Do we need to start saying, hey, hey, you got to think about not driving when you've had cannabis? Uh, right. So the safest choice is, is not to use cannabis or alcohol if you're going to drive. And that's why uh, certainly among younger people, you see the trend in the term sober driver. Um, so not consuming anything when you drive because that is the safest choice. I think people also need to be aware that there are other things that can affect how impaired you are, such as fatigue, uh, for example. So uh, we know when you're more fatigued, you're a less safe driver simply because your reaction times are slower and, and you're not as attuned to the driving environment. So when you combine that with something like alcohol or cannabis, it can amplify your risk. So I think we need to do a better job helping Canadians understand, um, one, what those impairments are and, and how to recognize them uh, when they are using or, or drinking or, or consuming. And then we also need to uh, do a better job helping them understand that um, there are different factors that can contribute to your impairment and things like fatigue uh, can also play a role and amplify those effects. Do we, I guess, does law enforcement need help on this as well? Like, do we have the right mechanisms, the right measurements for determining the level of impairment if it is cannabis related as opposed to alcohol? Yeah, I think we do. Um, I just don't think we have enough of them. Um, and, and to give you a for instance, we know from the Canadian uh, Cannabis and Trauma Centre study that's being done at, you know, 15 trauma centres across Canada, we've seen more than 5,000 people uh, who come in as a result of, of road crashes uh, who are admitted with uh, some degree of injury. And, you know, um, a proportion of them are testing positive for cannabis. Uh, so it's harder to detect. Um, it's a different uh, type of impairment. Uh, we need more officers that are trained as drug recognition experts. Um, and then there are oral fluid uh, testing devices. Um, so I think enforcement is a key piece of it. The other interesting thing that happened is generally when legislation comes into effect, you see a decline in the behavior. There's a deterrent effect associated with the law. And we've seen that, for example, with distracted driving legislation, where the law comes into effect, you see a decline for a few years as that law is, is really more actively enforced. And then, uh, you know, it, it generally creeps back up, not quite as high, but it does creep back up. And when we pass the legislation, in 2018, we didn't see that decline in behavior. We didn't see it in self-report and we didn't see it in 
uh, fatal crashes. So that means we need to do a better job um, right. making people aware of the law, but also enforcing the law. And there's a misperception among drivers that um, they won't be caught or that they can't be detected. And the reality is officers do have the tools to detect uh, drug impairment. Is this a bit of a wake-up call then for all these drivers, for all of us out there? I think it is. Uh, we really need to do a much better job. And that's why things like uh, conversations around cannabis consumption spaces and jurisdictions considering uh, moving forward to permit cannabis consumption spaces are so concerning is because we do see a problem with cannabis and driving. We do see it in fatal crashes. We do see it in self-report. We do see it in trauma centers. So for that reason, I think we need to think very carefully about what implications that will have um, uh, permitting cannabis consumption spaces. All right, Robin, thank you so much for your time on that this morning. Thanks very much, Simi. It's an important issue and glad to talk to you. It's Robin Robertson, President and CEO of the Traffic Injury Research Foundation. They have been doing research into the impact of legalization of cannabis in Canada. It's been, what, since 2019, October. Actually, we're coming up on the exact uh, four-year anniversary of that and really what it's doing to the way we drive and operate vehicles. And yeah, they are seeing, we are seeing more people driving statistically impaired on the roads. And I think it's true that when you say, oh, impaired driver, people still automatically think alcohol impairment, not necessarily drug impairment.